You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to today's show, and this is our 1,101st interview on the program. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEO have appeared on a radio show. And since we started in 2009, we've reached over 170,000 listeners with our podcast. Simply type Critical Mass Radio Show in your podcasting software to find our show. All right, so Kevin is president and CEO of his own firm. But I'm here specifically because I want to also talk to him about his book, The Innovator's Playbook. Kevin says, discovering and transforming great ideas into breakthrough new products is a focus, and his book is there to help people focus on innovation in their new product development and related efforts. Kevin, welcome to the program. Oh, it's great to be here, Rick. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you personally and professionally got involved with innovation and new product development? Yeah, uh, so I guess I've always had an inkling as a kid to solve problems and create things, and certainly an aspiration to this day to help make the world a better place one invention at a time. And in my early days, I had the great fortune of having a uh, father who was uh, also a very successful engineer and uh, entrepreneur. and. He had an R&D shop that uh, I was able to uh, work with him, starting in my early days sweeping floors and eventually doing some model making and some uh, uh, circuit design, and that kind of led my path into uh, uh, deciding to do engineering as a, a career. So as I, uh, after I graduated from college with a BS in electronic engineer, I found myself in the Silicon Valley working in defense industries. and. Uh, what I discovered that while I enjoyed the defense industry as well as uh, the engineering aspect of the, de- the uh, defense industry, I really wanted to be more involved in the commercial world. So that was kind of my uh, uh, drive to get uh, more into uh, the startup world. And I also really wanted to uh, move up the uh, career ladder more in management area, trying to work with uh, startup teams and development teams on creating products that uh, people would uh, really enjoy and make, make a difference in their life. You know, innovation is um, is a topic that we speak about frequently here on Critical Mass Radio Show, Kevin, because it is um, it is the lifeblood for many firms, regardless if they're a product or service, having an innovative culture, etc. So uh, I, I'm excited to have you on the program to learn a little bit about what you know about uh, overcoming and, and capitalizing on that. But can can you tell me first, what was the inspiration for you to write this book? Well, okay, so like a lot of people, um, you know, I, I, I came from an engineering background, and it, I kind of liken to say in the olden days it was a matter of knowing a specification and then being able to execute that specification. The next thing you know, people are uh, beating a, a path to your door. And so it seemed that way coming out of school in my early days as a uh, an engineer, but that's not the reality of the situation. So. What really got me involved in it is I did, as I mentioned, I had this inkling to want to uh, be with a, uh, a more commercial product. So I had an opportunity to join a startup company actually located uh, in Minneapolis, well-funded with a good product idea. And I came in as their director of engineering and worked with them to uh, basically uh, finish their initial design and bring it through manufacturing. And needless to say, it was an extremely successful product. And based on that product, we were able to uh, open up an R&D group for this company out in San Diego and and found some new technologies to basically uh, make the uh, 
uh, create what I would call an unfair technical advantage that uh, really changed the dynamics of our marketplace. But as luck would have it, like all, all companies, we ended up launching a, uh, a complete product failure. <clears throat> and that product failure had some definite technical issues and time to market issues, but there was a much more deeper problem happening on. And basically what happened to, with our company is that we got flanked by a, um, a non-traditional competitor in our marketplace, better funded with a better technology that kind of put us on our ear. So that uh, you know, caused our company, you know, which at that time had done a done a very successful IPO. We went from zero to fifty uh, million in in about four years, and all of a sudden our life changed dramatically. Uh, we had to start laying off people, and uh, obviously the stock uh, was not being treated very well because our market was kind of disappearing on it. And that really was what got me involved from that point on. It really getting involved with strategy and product planning. You know, what do we do next? How do we do that? You know, given the fact that we really haven't, haven't thought out the future that well, we didn't really see that coming. And that was really kind of the motivation behind, uh, uh, first off, um, my career path of focusing on innovation and thinking of it more as a business process than, and a marketing process than an engineering process. And that motivated me eventually to put this book together on lessons learned and, you know, specifically uh, that... Uh, if you don't have a really uh, good problem to solve, you're not going to see much progress behind it. So how do you do that, and how do you go about doing that? And that's that's really what motivated me about uh, first of putting this uh, book together, just getting my organizing my thoughts, codifying and sharing a body of knowledge of what I've what I've uh, learned and and what I'm still learning. It's always a learning process. We're speaking with Kevin McGordy. He is the author of the Innovators Playbook. And you know what? You, that was that's a great segue, Kevin, because in doing the research, I came across this question that you authored, and I wonder if you might be able to tell us a little bit more about the the thoughts behind it. The the sentence was how can tech companies consistently identify market problems worth solving and then develop unique solutions that customers will want and embrace? For me, the operative word in that entire sentence is consistently. So can, can, you, can you talk about why this is a crucial aspect of your book? Yes, absolutely. Well, first, kind of, kind of you know, back up a little bit and, and you know, ask the question of you know, why, why do products fail in the market? market? And, if you look at studies, you know the numbers are pretty, are pretty, pretty poor. Even with all this information on innovation being uh, disseminated, we're still looking at some studies say 40 percent to 90 percent of the time products are failing. But what's kind of even a more telling statistic, I think, or study is uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Dr. Robert Cooper, a pretty well-known uh, thought leader in innovation, new product development. His research indicated that 89 percent of product failures are really due to non-technical reasons. And that's really quite a shocker, I think, for people in the tech industry in, in general because they kind of think that technology is the uh, the holy grail to success, and it's just a piece of it. So when you kind of start breaking it down, you know, what what are the type of uh, non-technical failures that we see in the marketplace? Well, I think one of them, of course, maybe maybe the biggest one is the product was either a an undifferentiated Me Too product uh, that provided no compelling reason to switch, just it was kind of the same old stuff over and over again. And, of course, the technology people also have this other dogging problem called the solution looking for a problem. Nah. The development team really fails to understand who and why the customer uh, would want, want this product. You know, this is especially true with the new technologies. And then the other part of the marketing failure that, that you see, especially with uh, tech-oriented companies, that they either fail to define a compelling customer value proposition 
or they really lack the skills, the marketing skills to uh, disseminate and get that uh, value proposition out there. So that's why I, I believe the ma major reason behind the high failure rate is that companies don't really invest enough time and resources up front to really understand the specific problems customer, customers are trying to solve. Kevin, do you find that your book has applicability? I know it does within the tech space based on your background and sort of sort of how you talk about it, but I'm also getting the sense that companies that are maybe manufacturing companies or service-oriented companies, can, others, can CEOs of non-high-tech companies benefit from reading your book? Yes, absolutely. Because you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's you know, what makes a product successful, whether it's a technology product or a service product. It's it's really the the ability for the product to really help a person get what I call an important job done. And my whole book is kind of based around the uh, the innovation theory called the jobs to be done, which was uh, pioneered by Clayton Christensen and, and uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Tony Olwick at um, Stratagen. And if you can understand that, you know, in the course of a day, and a person in a corporation have have important jobs that they need to get done, and they look for solutions to get those jobs done. So, as marketers, if we can figure out, you know, what those jobs jobs to be done are, we can uh, design solutions specifically for that that set. And I think the important thing with the jobs to be done, it really finally provides what I call a framework and a methodology to to really dive deeper into uh, what customers are, are trying to solve. And by understanding that framework, you can be very consistent on coming up with a solution that's going to be very targeted and very differentiated uh, in your market. So it really doesn't matter whether it's a technology product or a service product or a manufacturing uh, product. You know, at the end of the day, if I'm not in sol solving an important uh, problem, chances are I'm not going to have a very excited customer at the end of my uh, sales process. Kevin, can the can your book, the Innovators Playbook, also help companies that are looking to reinvigorate innovation within their company? Yes, absolutely. Because uh, you know, again, you know, how, how do you go about um, reinvigorating uh, your uh, company? And you know, that's certainly what I mentioned in my my uh, background and my story. That's really what we had to do. We had to really rethink think our marketplace out because uh, it no longer uh, existed basically it was was killed almost overnight not quite that dramatic but for all practical purposes it was disappearing quickly so the question is you know, how do i take my uh, my existing uh, resources and assets and reapply them in, into a new uh, arena where i'm going to have some sort of a competitive advantage and you know i like to use the job, jobs to be done as what I call the foundation of getting that done. What's really key, though, with the jobs to be done is that it really has a, a common language that everybody should be able to understand from the marketing people and the, uh, the research and development people so they, can, they really understand you know, what is it that customers want. And it takes you away from what I call the, uh, uh, the, sol the uh, solution orientation more to the problem orientation because if you look at the at the framework uh, in its entirety, it's very clear that that uh, pro jobs really don't have a solution built into them. That's really specifying the problems. And the advantage of that is that if you if you're a hammer manufacturer, for example, you tend to see the world as the problem being just a nail. Well, it turns out that that's kind of a very limited view. So you have to kind of break away from that solution orientation or that product orientation and start looking more from the problem orientation and really understanding the deep deep understanding of why people are struggling with getting a particular job or task done. 
You know, you're talking about people are looking for solutions and not problems. And I, 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 I know that on your website, in your blog post, you had a recent blog post that was something like, people really want quarter-inch holes, not quarter-inch drills, right? So talking solutions versus the problem, right? So we're talking with Kevin McCordy, and we're going to take a break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And when we come back, I'm, as an author, Kevin, I'm going to ask you to maybe share a little advice for our audience. Many CEOs of companies have a book that they're going to be writing, and I love to try to inspire them to do that And by asking authors, you know, to give advice to our audience uh, about how to successfully write and publish a book, I feel it might move them in a positive direction. So when we get back, Kevin's going to give us a little bit of advice on how to successfully write and publish a book based on his experience. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after these words. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015, and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority, Contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Kevin McGordy, who is the author of The Innovator's Playbook, is our guest. Before we get back to our interview, I just want to let you know, if you listen to our show via iTunes, and many of you do, I would ask you to take a minute to write a review about our show. This is a powerful way for you to help us grow our audience of business executives. Since we started in 2009, we've reached over 170,000 listeners with our podcast. Kevin? Kevin, before the break, I said I was going to ask you to share a little bit about um, what it means and how did you successfully write and publish your book. Can you give us some ideas and maybe some inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. So 
First and foremost, you know, my advice to anybody trying to write a book is really have a clear objective in mind as to why you want to write the book in the first place, and then commit to getting that job done, because there's no easy way around that. It, it does require some thought and work, but I guess for point of advice, it's it's a process that you have to go through, and the process is very doable. But you know, as far as for me, my objective was uh, writing the book was twofold. First off, I wanted to really organize and clarify and codify my body of knowledge that I've created uh, over the years, uh, how to be more effective at discovering and transforming um, ideas and commercially successful new products. And that's the second part of my motivation was to use, use the book as a means to further build my credentials as an expert in innovation and new product development. And my goal for this book was never to make money selling the book per se, uh, but rather using the book to help me sell my services and expertise. So it was very clear to me why I was doing doing the book. And then as I kind of mentioned already, secondly, you know, realizing that writing a book is a process. Like any large project, it uh, can be ro- broken down into manageable small, smaller projects that can be done one sub-project at a time. You know, once you have a specific topic and theme for your book identified, then I advocate, you know, creating a very high-level outline of your, of your uh, thoughts and how the design will flow from your thoughts. And that outline uh, will, of course, eventually morph into your chapters. And you like to, any development uh, creation process, though, chances are as you go through and do the iterations, your outline will begin to uh, morph as, as the text becomes more clear. I'm also uh, familiar with people using mind mapping, and I, I've used mind mapping just to kind of as a starting point sometimes just to get some high-level thoughts. But for me, the outlining is more important. Uh, that's maybe because of my background in engineering using top-down breakdown structures. But whatever the tool you use, get that, uh, that initial framework done, if you will, and then just start, start getting at it to find your main objectives, iterate as you go. And uh, the flow of the information, of course, will change as you begin to put the pieces together. And I guess that's the other key piece of advice, too. You don't necessarily have all that information already known in the beginning, just like a product development process. You're going to learn as you go, and as you go, you'll get insights, and that's really the power, I think, of writing. You know, the other key advantage of doing a book or any kind of writing, it really brings clarity to, uh, to what you're doing and how you can communicate that better. So... For me, you know, the way I approached it is that once I had the outline, I actually used blogging as a way to start getting my thoughts down. I was kind of killing two birds with one stone, if you will. It, the blogs would be used on my uh, on my uh, monthly uh, e-zine, and as I was writing those blogs, I would use those then to start um, putting the book together. Now, of course, the blogs weren't 100% um, transferable, but they were close enough to get me going and to uh, do the editing. Which brings the other key thing about doing a book, too. You know, one of the things I absolutely advocate is that hire a good copy editor to help clean up your work. You don't have to be a, uh, a perfect writer, but even if you were a really good writer, it's very difficult to edit your own work. So don't, don't try. There's really great resources out there that can help you uh, clean up your, uh, your, uh, your editing and spelling and all those other things, things that you'll, you'll simply miss. I, I don't know why that is, but that's just the way the world works. And speaking of editors, too, if you're not that great of a uh, writer, uh, you could also uh, use a copywriter or a ghostwriter to help you get, get the book together. Now, I didn't take that route because, first off, I feel I'm a pretty decent writer, but you know, the second part of it for me is that it, this, this whole writing process really is a good way to really get a handle on the body of knowledge that you're trying to put together and really put clarity into it. So again, you know, if if you uh, don't feel you have the time or you don't have the writing skill, there are good resources that can help you. But I certainly would advocate that 
that if you can do it yourself, uh, do it on your own, and definitely get an editor to uh, clean things up for you um, as you uh, get to the final uh, manuscript. And I guess the last you know, piece of, a write, uh, of advice is just just write. You know, get your thoughts down. And uh, and I know it's a cliche, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. So you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a well known process and it's well worth the effort, uh, especially if you really define upfront. You know, why are you doing this and what is your objective of uh, getting that book uh, out into the uh, the public space? Thank you very much for that thoughtful discussion. I think that is that is a part of the show that I will refer uh, other people that I meet in the community who are talking about writing a book to listen to because I think it can give them a great framework from which to launch the effort. You know, I, I'm sure, Kevin, if you took the first thing you put on paper, and maybe that paper was a napkin of the outline or the thoughts that you were going to have for this book, and then you laid it beside the manuscript, <clears throat> the the evolution of the product to the to its final publishing point is is huge. And I think I think you would agree with that, right? The first, maybe it was the outline or whatever you wrote down the first time, maybe on a napkin compared to the final product. Big difference, right? Yep, absolutely. It's, you know, again, the analogy with doing a new product is is very uh, uh, accurate because all all new ideas kind of start out half baked. You really don't have a really un- good understanding of how it's going to unfold, but you just kind of have this drive and this feeling that that if you put the process together, let the process work for you, you'll get to a a, a finished product that'll be certainly worth. Uh, your effort to uh, put into the uh, the public uh, space. So thank you very much for that. And I would like to um, kind of end the interview by asking if someone would like to buy your book, The Innovator's Playbook, learn more about you and your firm, uh, how do you suggest they find out more about you and your book online? Well, so online, my book is um, on Amazon.com. So you just have to go to Amazon and, and search for The Innovator's Playbook and... Uh, the subtitle "Discovering uh, Problems uh, Worth," uh, uh, sorry, "Discovering and Transforming Great Ideas into Breakthrough New Products," and that'll show up on Amazon. And then, as far as getting more information about what I do and how to contact me, the best place to go is my website, which is www.inpdcenter.com. That's I as in innovation, N as in new, P as in product, D as in development center. Dot com, And there's a contact page there as well as there's also a landing page there for the book where you can uh, also uh, jump to uh, Amazon or get a PDF copy of it uh, directly from my, uh, my website. Well, Kevin, I, I appreciate you sharing just a bit about what you know uh, to help people with innovation and the concepts and the book. I highly recommend The Innovator's Playbook, and I appreciate the time you've given. Thanks for being a friend of the program and a part of the Critical Mass Business community. Well, it was my pleasure, Rick. It was, it was great to uh, be able to participate on your uh, show. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up. But I want to thank our sponsors, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and T and Company. Our engineer for today's show is none other than Paul Roberts. Our producer is Joan Park, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about our radio show or my firm or the CEO peer groups, the rest of the stuff that I do, visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.